0: Today, with Joe Nash on Live Ninety Five.
1: With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps.
0: He said. It's a uh, bloody rain, so much and pouring right now, the virus might just wash away in this country. A gloomy Monday to you, says Patty. Well,
2: it's interesting you should say that, Patty, because we are going to talk about the psychological impact of the talk of coronavirus and uh, the coverage is uh, part of uh, the chat we're about to have uh, now. Um, and of course, we're obviously very much aware of the impact in real terms and the potential ongoing impact on the local economy and the national economy of COVID-19 coronavirus. Uh, You may have noticed those things. I'm sure you have. No hand sanitizers in shops, pasta flying off the shelves as quickly as it's stocked up, soap dispensers and of course the factories in China uh, shutting down. So even the tech experts say there could be a shortage of mobile phones for sale in uh, the next few weeks it all has an impact and an impact on your life that you might realize and an impact on your life that you haven't uh, really thought of yet so to talk to us about it we're joined by uh, Paul Carr um, who uh, is a, a good friend of uh, the show and is from First Choice Financial Services in Limerick and you're welcome Paul uh, good morning to you um, so I mean even from your point of view as as a company I mean how are you thinking? about COVID-19 coronavirus?
0: Well, we're obviously not health experts, but but we are business people and we're running a business. So um, we're listening to the advice that's out there and it's changing daily. So reviewing the HSE website, reviewing the World Health Organization advice, and, and then just putting practical steps in place. Um, we believe that every company should be notifying their own staff as to what their protocols are. Um, we have uh, implemented a policy with our own staff in terms of um, an, a, an addendum to our normal sickness policy. So, um, you know, simple things like if what do you do if you come in, come into contact with somebody who's been infected? What happens if, if someone in their child's school or if a child's school is, is, is going to be closed? What should they do? Uh, personal travel to infected areas and you know d- d- just you have a duty to your employees to to uh, I suppose implement and 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 advise them what your policy is now we're lucky in our business you know we're we're a financial services business we can work from home. We have business continuity plans and any business like us should implement those plans, even test those plans, have people working from home for a day or or two. If you have two offices, we have an office in Dublin, we have an office in Limerick, you know, implement just simple policies of, 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 of being able so that if something should happen in one of those offices, business can continue as normal and, mm-hmm. and we can get on and, and, and do our job.
2: Now, you deal with all sorts of clients. I, I know um, personal clients, business clients, all of that sort of stuff in Limerick and elsewhere. What are they asking you and what are you saying to them about the impact of coronavirus?
0: Well, look, not not every business can can adapt, but but certainly, uh, what we would say to, to businesses is, is to look at their supply chain, and and a lot of businesses would have done this in the last twelve or eighteen months with with Brexit anyway. So you know, at the moment, if you're getting your supply, whatever it is, something that you rely on in order to make your your goods and services or provide your, uh, you know, your your operating business model, where is it coming from? What happens if if that chain is is stalled. You know, we don't know what businesses are going to be impacted by coronavirus. And, you know, but at least prepare. Prepare as much as you can. I'm not saying stockpile, but but have an alternate supplier. Have have a couple of alternate suppliers so that so that business can continue. And it's simple things like that just to just to I suppose to, to implement good business practice, we're asking them to, to think and to test, um, you know, things like we said about working from home, you know, make sure if you have a business continuity plan, it, and before this would have been for reasons of flood or for fire or whatever, you know, that that you have these plans in place, dust them off, pull them out, implement them, test them, make sure they work. Huh.
2: And Paul polker Kerr from First Choice Financial Services is with us. Um, are some of your clients asking? You know, what does, should they do with some cash that they have saved? Where they should put it? Um, pension funds that they might be invested in. Some people might have a few shares in the stock market.
0: Yeah, look, we're, we're we're I suppose we're seeing we're seeing movement there on the stocks and shares. We're seeing you know big big declines in in certain funds happening, but. I, you know, all we can do is is adapt. Look, anyone should be investing according to their their risk profile, and it, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be something for for next week or next month or or even next year. It should be in line with a, with a, with a much bigger financial plan and financial goal. So we wouldn't be knee-jerking in terms of, of, of what's happening on the stock market. You know, we see this uh, as something that, that that at the moment anyway is, you know, the full effects of it are, aren't clear and we don't know where, where it's going to go. And um, we would hope that, that any, any adjustments in the stock market will... Will 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 change, but but if if someone is concerned about it, absolutely, you know, the we we're brokers, we we will do what we're told to do, um, and all we can do is based on the information that's there. But if someone wants to move move funds out and take a take a twelve or fifteen percent hit on their fund and move it into cash, that's absolutely fine. We can do it. But
2: part of what is concerning people about the coronavirus is the tendency to panic, which, you know, is an understandable human emotion. So is some of what you are doing trying to calm customers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because because when you're investing in a pension, it, it, it's not about your your requirement for today or tomorrow. It's about your requirement for, for a future date and time. And anything, you know, we had SARS outbreak before we have you know the, the implicate uh, the implications of Brexit coming all these things will have will have short term and, and maybe long term impact, but but they're not about what your financial goal is, and on, they weren't about what what the basis in which you made your financial decisions in terms of investment and what you're hoping to provide for in the future. So we certainly wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be doing anything knee jerk.
2: We'll be keeping you up to date by the way on the St. Patrick's Festival in Limerick at the moment. It's going ahead. Uh, Obviously at the weekend we'll have the International Band Parade and then St. Patrick's Day itself which is tomorrow week. uh, The the parade through Limerick City Centre and some other parades Um, and if that changes we'll let you know. Uh, We're aware for example that uh, Councillor Conor Sheehan of the Labour Party did call over the last couple of days and he's not the only one uh, for um, its cancellation but uh, we We'll wait and see what happens on that front. But I mean, Paul um, is making the point there about having to interact with people who understandably are worried about all sorts of implications from COVID-19 coronavirus. And uh, it has us thinking about it as well. Um, And Dr. Declan Ahern from Oakwood Psychological Services in Castle Troy, he's a clinical psychologist, is on the line. Good morning to you, Declan Good morning, Joe. And I mean, our question in the office over the last couple of days is how much damage is potentially being done to people's mental health about the worry and stress around COVID nineteen coronavirus, rather than the prospect of getting it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a hugely challenging uh, problem that we've, we're, we're all facing. Unprecedented territory is, I think, the, the term that people have used. Uh, it does put a it does put a challenge, but I, I think it can be used in a very. Uh, you, we have to look at it in the most positive fashion. So it's not to create an illusion that there isn't a problem. There's a very real health problem out there. Um, And as a society, as a community, how we can respond to that will be a real, real challenge. So I think it is mentally something that people are probably beginning to worry about. Uh, The word Paul used there earlier on regarding finances, regarding panic. I suppose from my point of view, the most important thing is we we don't get into the panic mode because that's not going to achieve anything. Uh, But being anxious is understandable. Um, uh, I think the issue for some people will be around self-isolation and the worry that that might bring and the 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 the, 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 the challenge that it poses. Um, yeah, let's talk large, about that
2: for a second yeah, because people use that term, and you know, until you're experiencing experiencing it, you might be a little bit um, passe yeah, about sure. what self-isolation means. But it is severe, to be honest. It may be required but it's certainly not a pleasant experience.
1: Uh, I disagree with you, Joe. I think lots of people can look at that. I'm in the business of reframing what you've just said. Uh, you know, I, I would say to people not to be looking at it in that fashion because, one, it's, if, it's, if, if it's not something they've experienced before, then they don't actually know what it's going to be like. Uh, but I can, for the vast majority of people, uh, a period of self-isolation will be of absolutely no harm whatsoever, and can actually be quite uh, re- re- regenerating and regenerative. So, there's well, no wait, re- wait a
2: second, no Declan. I mean, I had the vomiting bug, yeah, not that long ago, and I was stuck to the bed, yeah, for what two and a half, three days, and you know, I was largely self-isolated, maybe not completely, mm-hmm. but largely. I didn't find it a pleasant experience at all.
1: But what I would say to you is that the the, the issue there, George, would be that the self isolation plus the sickness. If you're sick and you're isolated, if you're very unwell uh, and you're on your own, then that's that's a double whammy. The uh, aspect of self isolation on its own, which for the majority of people will, will be for people who are not extremely sick. OK, there's a small percentage of people who will be very, very unwell with this virus. But for the vast majority of people, it'll be uh, a flu-like uh, symptoms that people will have to isolate themselves, but it will give them an opportunity maybe to lie down and rest for a while, something that we're all not very good at, uh, time to reflect, time to do things on your own that you generally don't do. People generally are very uncomfortable uh, or tend, to, tend not to be great about spending time on their own, whereas I would just be saying there's absolutely no harm whatsoever. In being on your
2: own. Right. We're talking to Dr. Declan Ahern from Oakwood uh, Psychological Services in Castle Troy. Again, I'm trying to imagine the scenario you've just outlined. Yeah. If I was advised, uh, for the sake of the community as much as anything else, that I needed to self isolate, even though I wasn't show- showing symptoms, I would do it, but I'd go mad.
1: And I'm suggesting, Joe, to you that that's a fantasy in your head that you think you're going to go mad. In this global village, right, uh, where you can now talk to somebody in Australia from your bedroom through Skype, there's very, very little uh, that you you can't do uh, from your own bedroom. Uh, A lot of people who work from home, be on their own, uh, and still have communication with the outside world. So you're not cutting off contact with the whole world. So all I'm trying to do, Joe, is to not create some uh, idea in, in people's mind that this is a disastrous situation to be in. It, it's, it's perfectly manageable, and being on your own in isolation, particularly where you have the opportunity of phoning, Skyping, and making contact through the Internet, uh, reduces the whole isolation factor anyway. Uh, the, the only piece that'll be missing is the physical intimacy, the human touch part, uh, which, you know, <laughs> is not something to be underestimated either, but that's the only piece that's ultimately going to be missing. Right. All the other contact with people can be maintained.
2: Yeah, but, but see, I, I didn't realise until this morning, I should have, but I didn't, that self-isolation means you're in the room on your own mm-hmm. and people might drop something to the door yes. of the room, yeah. but it it means, in essence, total isolation for that period, even from other family
1: members. Yes, that's correct. But not from talking to them. You know, it's human contact through speech and then maybe it'll, it'll improve all of our abilities to communicate and to make more effort at communicating. But you'll be able to talk to your family they'll all be downstairs and you'll be upstairs you'll have the window open but well, who'd want to sit in a
2: room and talk to themselves oh well I but, suppose I do it every day but anyway uh,
1: no but, but what I'm saying is not not to create the impression for any of us to create the impression that somehow that's a horrible situation to be in I'm, I'm reframing it and saying yes. you know something it's a yes. bit of peace and quiet a bit of time where I have time to reflect uh, you know there there are people who are devoted to th- to uh, meditative practices for example who will go off uh, and stay on their own for, uh, for, for months on end yeah uh, as a kind of a method of getting their minds clear. So there's yeah, absolutely yeah. no, all I'm saying is psychologically, there's, no, there's nothing harmful in being on your own. Right. Uh, but now is an opportunity. What I'd be saying to people today, for myself and for all of us is, let's prepare now, so that when that situation may arise, don't wait for it to arise and then start deciding what to do. Now is the time to plan to see how will I cope if I'm going to be on my own. Create a sc- scenario in your house where you have uh, whatever it is that you'd like to be doing in terms of books or in terms of internet access, etc. Create a situation whereby... That I'll be able to move into that situation comfortably and manage myself, but not to frighten ourselves around it. I'm certainly saying to, for myself and for those around me, there, there's no need to be frightened. There's nothing bad about being on our own.
2: Okay. I mean, Paul Car what do you think? Would you be up for a bit of self-isolation? Well, as I said, I'm I, I'm not sure it would
0: be uh, it would be the most positive experience, but but uh, you know, certainly my business and businesses like mine could do it. Um, there are other businesses, like retailers, that 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 will, you know, if they have to self isolate, the, the doors doors aren't going to be opened, and uh, you know it's going to have a, a significant impact on them.
2: Uh, Marianne has been in touch here to say, um, Joe, this self isola- isolation self isolation thing, this is not practical for parents. You're going to tell your child, sorry, can't hug you or can't deal with anything in the house at the moment as I'm self-isolating in the room in the house. It's not practical. Um, And how would Declan suggest you deal with kids in that situation? Um, It sounds bonkers. Imagine the impact on kids in the house, says Marianne.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's an—it's a nightmare situation. I, I mean, I was only referring to the the act of self-isolation, but the practicalities of self-isolation, whereby I can't operate as a parent or as an employer as a business, is is absolutely, uh, you know, going to cause an awful lot of stress for people. So I don't have an easy answer for the, for the for that mother uh, in terms of young kids at home, particularly if the school is closed and they're all sent home. Um, you know, they they can't be left unattended. So the only thing that's going to happen there, as I see it, is that there's going to be contamination within the house, and the other other people are going to contract the the illness as well. All we can do is is you know damage limitation as much as is possible. But I mean to say it's impractical. All the medical advice we're getting is that this is the only way that we can curb the spread of this virus. But it can only be done within within reason, within what is practical within each household. Um, everybody will have their own different circumstances. But all I'm saying is right now is the time to prepare for it. Don't wait for it to happen before you, you know, if there's a mother uh, with young children, then it may be with a community that everybody is going to help each other out. Uh, and how can we help each other out if my ch- if I'm sick? My children maybe will be able to, the, the, one of the neighbours may be able to help out with, with my children. It, there, there'll be all that type of, of communication and collaboration required for all of us to help each other out. And the people I'm most concerned about myself at this point in time are the people who are most vulnerable, uh, the people who are who already are unwell, the people who have mental health problems, our physical health problems, are the people who are going to be most vulnerable and most at risk through this virus. Uh, and I, belie- I believe that the rest of us will manage no more than other crises that we've had to deal with in the last 10 years in our society. We will manage and we will overcome it. But there are a certain group of people who are highly vulnerable and we all need to look out for each other we all need to be helping each other let's not i mean i saw a video this morning of people having a uh, all out warfare in the the, the aisles of a supermarket trying to grab uh, you know the last of the of the toilet rolls Do you know it's like the, the panic can set in people become very you know uh, self uh, referenced and and begin to forget that there are other people we're all involved in this together it's nobody's going to escape from it so it's a real challenge, isn't right. it? I mean, what yeah. what a challenge for society. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it's yeah. a way of us all learning to cooperate more.
2: Okay, we're chatting to Dr. Declan Ahern from Oakwood Psychological Services in Castle Troy. And Paul Kerr is uh, with us as well from First Choice Financial Services in Limerick. I'm Call Limerick today now on 461995.